Good morning, everybody. It's good to be back with you. Before we dive into the passage this morning, let's just remind ourselves of the context. Israel have been liberated from Egypt, and they have finally found themselves in the promised land. And they have been governed by judges who were kind of like military men who governed and oversaw Israel. But the book of Judges, which tells us that story, is quite a disturbing book. It actually tells us that Israel had become corrupt, that their leadership was poor. And in fact, the book of Judges tells us that Israel had become like all the other nations, that it had not been the nation that God had intended it to be, to be set apart so that it could be hope to the world, that it could be a blessing, that the whole world would know that their God was the one true God. And in Samuel, we will soon find out that there is even more pressure from Israel to be like all the other nations as they groan and moan and long for a king so they can be like those other nations. The book of Judges ends with chilling words. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. God's people had wandered a long way away from the calling that God had placed on them to be a people of hope for the world. And one Samuel picks up the story in this moment of a people under poor leadership. 1 Samuel 3 starts with these words. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. There's a desperate need at the start of Samuel for someone or something to intervene in the world, to change the situation, to turn Israel back from their corrupt ways, to challenge their leadership, and to make them into the people that God had called them to be, so that they may be a blessing to the world. There's a desperate need for intervention in Israel. And the narrative that we had starts with Eli the priest, and Samuel, his kind of T-boy, for want of a better word, asleep. And it seems that Eli has kind of abandoned his post in the, uh, in the temple and left uh, Samuel on guard until morning, looking after the Ark of the Covenant. And it's in this moment as they sleep that God himself intervenes, that God himself speaks with words of judgment and change. And it's a comical story, isn't it? You can imagine it as some kind of cartoon where uh, Samuel is fast asleep. He gets woken up by God saying, Samuel, Samuel. He gets up and runs over to Eli and goes, Eli, you called me. And Eli, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? Go back. You must be imagining things. Go back to bed. And so Samuel goes back to bed. And then again, Samuel, Samuel, when he gets up and goes back to Eli. And Eli, no, 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 it wasn't me. It wasn't me. You know, have you drunk too much coffee or something? Go back to bed. And, and, then, and then the third time, if I was Samuel, 
I would think that Eli was playing a prank on me. You know, someone whose cherry knocked on your door and then run and hid behind a bush. Perhaps Eli was, you know, pretending to be asleep and calling Eli as some kind of little prank. Ha, 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 hilarious. It's, um, it'd just be annoying, wouldn't it? But Samuel gets up and goes, Eli, Eli, did, did you call me? And this time, Eli twigs. The third time, Eli gets it. It must have been God. God, the Lord has been calling you. And as slow as Eli is to clock on what is going on, his response and his teaching of Samuel is spot on. He says, humbly go and just say, here I am. Your servant is listening. And so Samuel goes back. The Lord speaks. And Samuel listens. It is a wonderful moment. God's voice was rare. And here God speaks to a young Samuel. Now there's no blame on Samuel or on Eli for not getting the Lord's word voice right the first time. There's no blame on them, it seems. Although perhaps Eli should have clocked on a little bit quicker, perhaps. But the thing is, Samuel listens. And, and I wonder whether that's where we'd like this story to stop. You know, it's tempting to just stop there, to say it was a wonderful moment where God speaks to Samuel and we close our Bibles and then we could legitimately reflect on Eli's excellent advice to the young Samuel. We could respond on what it means to listen for God's word. But if we stop there, it means that we ignore the weight and the challenge of God's call on Samuel. The message given to Samuel is harsh. It's so harsh, it will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. Now, I don't know about you. I've never heard news that has made my ears tingle. So I'm assuming that it's like when you go outside on a day like today, not wearing a hat, and then you come inside and everything in your body begins to kind of ache as it kind of defrosts. But this news is achingly painful for those who will hear it. And Samuel isn't just called to be called by God. He's called with this task, with this message. A message that says, God has had enough with Eli's sons. He's had enough with their wayward ways, with their uh, with their ignoring God and his command. But not only that, because Eli has failed to bring them into line, because he has not dealt with their wayward ways, he too will miss out on what God is going to do. It's no wonder Samuel probably doesn't get much sleep after that. Imagine having a vision in the middle of the night and then thinking, in the morning, I'm going to have to tell my boss. It's like me saying, by the way, Nicola, 
Last night I had a vision. And God is not going to use you in this place anymore. Don't worry. God has not given me that vision. Don't panic. Your job is safe, Nicola. For now. Poor Eli. In chapter 2, we read that he does try, at at least of late, to get a grip on his sons. But it was too little, and it's now too late. I wonder how Samuel felt as he lay there with the weight of that calling upon his life. To have to say to Eli in the morning that God is doing a new thing and you will not be a part of it. It is a tough calling. It is a tough message to bring. But that is the weight of God's calling on Samuel's life. Eli doesn't get the best press in 1 Samuel. He fails to recognize uh, Hannah, Samuel's mother, as being uh, downhearted and crying out to the Lord. His sons are wayward. He fails to clock on what is going on immediately when the Lord calls Samuel. He doesn't get the best write-up, but his response to Samuel in the morning is remarkable. It is full of submission and grace. It is full of obedience to the Lord. The declaration that the, the Lord has made to Samuel will bring grief and humiliation upon him. But look at Eli's words. He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Eli recognizes the priority of God's will over his own. And so the passage marks a changing of the guard. Eli and his family will be moved out the way so that God can do something new. And God is going to raise up a new prophetic leader Samuel, through whom God would speak to Israel. The chapter started, if you remember, with God's word being rare, an absence of God's word. But it ends with a proclamation of God's word through Samuel. In this bleak, bleak story, actually, God is at work. Further, furthering his plan to redeem and restore. Samuel was called at a specific time. He was called in a time of spiritual desolation, religious corruption, political danger as Philistine gathered their forces over the border, and of social upheaval. And in this worrying time, Samuel was given a task to speak into that corruption and to reveal in part, at least, what God was going to do, how God was going to intervene in their history to bring about his good purposes 
it is perhaps not too dissimilar a time to our own. The UK is perhaps arguably spiritually desolate. The Independent last year reported that the Church of England is staring at, was staring at oblivion as just 2% of young Britons say they identify with it. The Anglican Church nationally attendance has dipped to about 1.8% of the population. I'm sure we have all read the disturbing headlines about religious corruption and abuse of power over previous years. Political dangers threaten all over the world. The rise of Russia and China as they jostle for position on the world stage. International terrorism threatening peace in the West. And we all know all too well the imminent social upheaval as Brexit takes place, changing not just our own social and political landscape, but that of Europe and the world. But the God who moved in Samuel's equally, if not more challenging context, is at work today. And he is speaking today. It was a sunny day when it happened for me. I was being held up against a brick wall by a teenager who was almost certainly about to kick my head in. He was dubbed as the Falcon Lodge Estate's very own mini crime wave. And in this moment, as I was about to get lumps taken out of me, I heard God speak. John, I'm sending you to people like him. As this troubled teenager's threats intensified, I, I, I thought to myself, mm, I'm not sure that is God, because the only way I'm leaving this estate is in a body bag. But deep down inside, I knew God was calling me. God had spoken to me. And the temptation would be, again, to stop there and say, wow, God called me in that moment. But actually, it's the substance of that call which was important. It was a call to go to people like that troubled teenager. And in a few weeks, months later, I actually did find myself working on a social housing estate, working with people just like him. You see, if I'd missed the substance of the call, then I would have missed out on seeing God move in a community, bring hope, bring restoration, bring freedom to a community that was hurting and felt like they had been forgotten. Like Samuel, it's not the call itself, but the substance of the call, which is the most important. It's the hearing God and then responding to what he has said, even when it's tough.
Yes, my time on that estate in Oxford was hard at times, but it was a complete joy to see God move, to see God transform individual lives and the community. 1 Samuel 3 urges us to discern God's voice, to respond appropriately just as Eli taught Samuel, but then to respond and do, to share the message that God has given us, the message of hope that he brings, the message of change. We may not all be called to relay messages of judgment to our bosses, We may not be called onto social housing estates, but in our time of spiritual desolation, of religious corruption, of political danger, of social upheaval, God calls each one of us to be channels for his prophetic word, to speak into our nation, to call people back to him, to make known what God is doing in the world, that his kingdom has broken in, that he is restoring, that he is making new. And that all can be a part of it. To challenge the injustice that we see in the world, to call for peace, to call for the freedom of the oppressed, to pronounce restoration and healing. This is our call as Christians, as those who choose to follow Christ. And this morning, may I encourage us to reflect and to find some space to pause, to cut out some time to be quiet with God and to wait on him and say, Lord, your servant is listening. And ask God to speak to us, to refresh us of what he is calling us to do, where he is calling us to speak into. It might be to our neighbor, to our family, or perhaps it is to our community, or even to our nation and world. May I encourage you to find some time this week to stop, to pause, to say, Lord, here I am. Your servant is listening so that we may be a prophetic people who speak into the world of God's love and hope and restoring power, that we may see this nation changed in his name and for his glory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you call each one of us. And you give us a message of freedom and new life and hope for the world. And I pray that you would speak to us this week. Speak to us today, Lord Jesus. And as you speak to us, would you give us ears to hear and hearts to respond to what you are calling us into.
that we may see this nation change, that we may see your hope be made known here, that we may see people come back to knowing you, come back to you, the loving Father, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, speak, for your servants are listening. Amen.